Hey everybody, and welcome to Rabbit's Ramblings, Podcast 167. This time I talk about Dead Island Riptide, and I'll probably talk a little bit about Dead Island because I finished that, and that's really all I have this time. But hopefully you'll enjoy the show. Tell me you built a time machine? Retro Review Dead Island Riptide is basically a second game following the events of Dead Island. This is also a retro review because it came out about a year and a quarter ago. So it's a little bit older, but not so old. People wouldn't be interested in picking it up on sale and playing, and that's why I'm rambling about these games. Especially with Dying Light, pretty much right around the corner in February. Most of these thoughts will be pretty much in comparison to Dead Island, which I would say you could probably finish in about 15 to 20 hours if you don't do all the side quests. I did a bunch of side quests, and I would guess it probably took me about 30 hours to complete I could have probably played more because there was a bunch of side quests I didn't do at all. But I knew I had the second game waiting for me, so I just kind of wanted to sort of fast forward and and finish the first game. But, you know, not go so fast that I didn't get a good feeling of the flavor of all of the areas and all of the things you could do. Dead Island Riptide's character creation is a lot better than the first one in terms of explaining who the characters are and what they do. You get a history of the character, of where they've been and who they are, as well as a description of sort of their play style, their role. And I think there are like six example talents. So you really get a solid idea of what this character is going to be like compared to Dead Island where it was like, this character does 10% more of this, and that was all it said. So with Riptide, you absolutely get a solid explanation. You'll know pretty much the role of that character and you'll have a much better idea of, you know, how they're going to play and if you'll like them or not from the character screen. I think it was after I completed the tutorial, it bumped me up to level 15, and I think that's where it asked if I wanted to use some pre-built templates for the talent system. It offered me, I think, three different choices as to which kind of focus the character was going to have, or I think it was a fourth choice where I could just pick my talents myself and assign all the points as I see fit, which is what I decided to do since I was not familiar with that particular character, but familiar enough with the game that I had a pretty solid idea of what I wanted to do. Right away, there is a pretty noticeable difference in visual clarity. I don't know quite what it is, but it seems like the resolution is a little bit sharper. The images look a little bit nicer. The forest slash island background looks a lot clearer, you can see a lot more of the little details. It's not an amazing difference like light and day, but it is a difference that if you put the two games side by side, 
most people would probably be able to distinguish Dead Island Riptide from Dead Island. And a good side note, uh, if it affects you, I don't know if it will or not, but that weird visual tearing that I could never get rid of with Dead Island is pretty much taken care of completely with Dead Island Riptide. As a whole, it was a lot better, but when I turned VSync on, it pretty much got rid of almost all of the tearing. There are still little bits and pieces here and there. I don't think the game is quite as optimized as it could be, because my laptop does tend to run quite a bit hotter than other games, and it's kicking up its fans quite a bit. So that's usually a sign the game isn't quite as optimized as it could be. So that might be part of it. For people on desktop, this probably wouldn't be an issue at all. Right away, you will also notice a difference in pacing and story. Combat is a touch slower, but so is sort of the overall pacing of the game, except for the parts which are supposed to be fast and exciting. Very minor spoiler, right after you finish the tutorial, you'll head to sort of a main town, and right as you approach it, the main town will go under attack, and people are like, help me, help me, help me. And there's little sort of timers above their heads, so if they get beat up by the zombies too much, in theory, those NPCs would die and you'd lose access to them. And that seems pretty cool, because it's your main hub town. I managed to save everybody, and they all kind of have different jobs. I mean, there are like three different store vendors, so you wouldn't entirely lose access to all of the store vendors, <laughs> I suppose, unless they all died. But it's like each one has a different focus. One focuses on blades. One focuses on heavy weapons, which is typically like two-handed stuff and slower things. And then I think the third one is ranged focused. So they'll have firearm ammo and that kind of stuff. So it is pretty cool that there are quite a bit more events like that where you'll be wandering around in the jungle and somebody will be like, oh, help me, help me. And then you can, you know, kill off the zombies and, and save them from the zombies. And that's pretty cool. One other change is that there are still the four characters from the previous game. There's also a new character. And whatever characters you aren't playing will sort of hang out in town. So I do like that change. It does help me sort of feel like these other characters are still with me. That was a big sore point with me with the first game. NPCs would always address you in, you know, plural as you guys or the group. And yet, you only ever saw the other characters in cutscenes. So it's kind of nice to see them, you know, hanging out around town. And sometimes, I, I think they'll walk around a little bit. So that's kind of cool to know that they're at least, you know, sort of there, even though they're not fighting alongside me. So that's not quite as jarring. I've only seen one cutscene so far. I've only played about five hours. But I'm sure, you know, when I do see them follow me to a cutscene, as it were... It certainly won't seem as jarring as the first game. Weapon and enemy types seem a lot more varied right from the start. I think right when you start the game, there's pretty much six zombie types. There's also a new feature where you can like look at the zombies and check out some lore of different stuff. And I think there was like six zombies I could look at. And it'll give sort of minor stats as to, you know, if they're the slow type or if they're the fast type. And if they have any kind of special weakness, I think it lists that too. But pretty much, you know, once you've encountered that kind of zombie, you already know all of that information. But it's pretty cool to see it, you know, in detail and see some cool lore about them. But there are quite a bit more weapons. I've seen a lot of new types that weren't in the first game. 
seen a lot of variations of types, and pretty much right from the start you'll get access to guns. They are still very, very rare early game. I think I've seen maybe two total in the five hours I've played, so pretty much I'm just hanging out to sort of a, a white trash junk gun, as it were, because that's all I've found so far. And then there's one they sort of give you as part of the quest, so you have, you know, at least one ranged weapon. I do have to say that it feels oddly like violence is a little bit less violent than the first game. In Dead Island, you could walk up to any corpse anywhere and hack it up to bits, because, minor spoiler, you know, sometimes bodies on the floor will get up and start to attack you. So usually, just as a general rule, I'll try and whack off the heads of any zombies or, you know, crush the heads if they're laying on the ground, just to sort of preemptive strike that. And in Dead Island, very, very few bodies weren't, you know, actual bodies. You know, they weren't there, and so you just swing through them. Happened very, very rarely. Usually the bodies there were, you know, actual bodies. Even if they weren't zombie bodies, you could still smush their heads. But in Dead Island Riptide, it seems like there's probably about four or five times as many non-attackable bodies as there were in Dead Island. So it seems like right off the bat, they're kind of reducing the amount of violence you're going to do to um, non-active zombies, I guess you could say. And one thing that really kind of stood out was in Dead Island, when you're in a vehicle and you hit a zombie or run over a zombie, it made a really satisfying, you know, zombie smush sound when you hit them, you know, thumpity-thump as you run them over. With Dead Island Riptide, they barely make any noise at all when you hit them. And when you run them over, again, that's barely audible. I don't think it has to do with my sound settings. Again, it seems like they're trying to sort of very subtly reduce some of the violence. Which seems odd, because my character that I'm playing now, I don't know if she did in the first game, but she swears quite a bit. And, you know, there's still lots of blood and gore as you attack the zombies. So it's like, it's already going to get like a mature rating as far as I know, so... I don't know why they cut down on the, I guess, random body violence, I guess you could say. Weapons are now categorized into four groups, which is pretty much the groups I mentioned before. Blunt, blade, hand-to-hand, and firearms. And the new thing for Dead Island Riptide is each of these categories has a skill rank, which, you know, starts at zero. And as you level up that rank by using that kind of weapon, you'll unlock... I guess you could call them perks. They're not talents, you don't pick them. They just kind of automatically happen as you level that up. So I thought that was really cool, and I liked that addition. As example, I think I ended today at like level 5 or 6 of Blades, and some of the early skills were I got reduced stamina cost, more durability of bladed weapons, higher crit chance with bladed weapons, And then the fourth one was a pretty big damage bonus. I think it was like plus 20% damage with blades. So they're very worthwhile to try and get if you're trying to sort of min-max. And you might want to, you know, use different weapon types. You might want to switch around and build up, you know, a few levels in the ones you prefer. Just to get that sort of early head start. I didn't look very far down the perk trees. You know, I'm just going to play until I get tired of it. So however far I get is however far I get. I'm not like planning any specific goals. So I'll just play and have fun, but I'm sure the perks will get even cooler. 
One very minor thing for this game and both Dead Island, which some nitpickers might have noticed last podcast, is that there are actually five sort of con colors of items. But again, you know, it follows the standard MMO set color types of white, green, blue, purple, orange. And, you know, you know nobody ever remembers white slash gray as an actual, you know, con level. Because that's just vendor junk. And in games like this, when you start to have, you know, your inventory that's good and you're only using pretty much purple and orange, you know, you really don't care about whites at all. And you'll get to a point where you'll even stop picking up greens to vendor. So, you know, like I said, pretty much it's just the four levels. You don't really worry about white unless you have, like, no weapon of that type. Like I said, I've only found one real gun so I'm using a white one for that, and I think one of my weapons is white, but the other ones are green. So yeah, I'm still early in the game, and I might pick up a white weapon, but pretty much you're just going to want to ignore them pretty quickly into the game. And once you get all purple or orange equipment level, you're pretty much going to ignore green con items as well, because it's just not worth you know picking up and jamming up your inventory for. You have you know limited amount of space. So you don't want to, you know, jam it up with stuff that you're not really going to use. Weapons can be tweaked. And this is another thing I really like about the game. There's not quite as many mods as I would like. Hopefully that'll be less of an issue in Dying Light. But pretty quickly you'll get a lot of sort of mod blueprints, I guess you could call them. And so if you have a certain kind of mod, you can put it on an item at a workbench. Like one mod, you'll get pretty early on that you'll probably use is a nailed mod, and that will go into, like, melee weapons, usually like a baseball bat kind of thing, so it becomes the nailed baseball bat. And then, you know, that boosts damage, it changes how it looks. There's, like, barbed mods, so if you have, like, a mace-type weapon, you'll get a barbed mace, and that'll have, you know, barbed wire wrapped around it. And some of these mods have really cool sort of elemental effects. Like, I often will use sort of an electric one, which has a chance to sort of shock and stun the zombies as you hit them. There's also a fire one I like quite a bit, which has a chance, you know, to burn them, set them on fire. They are kind of dangerous, though, because once they affect the zombie, that zombie has sort of this radius around it where you can also be affected by the elemental effect. So, like, one I started to kind of avoid was sort of a venomous, poisonous one, because you'll hit them... And it might be great because, you know, it might poison them and then they start throwing up, which is actually really gross. So that's like another reason I stopped using that one. But then, you know, there's also the chance that you'll affect yourself and you'll start coughing and your vision will go a little hazy. I think it might knock out stamina. I don't think it affects health too much. Or like, you know, other ones, you set the zombie on fire and then the zombie charges you and grabs you and then you're on fire a little bit. So it's kind of a double-edged sword with the elemental effects. But I really like, you know, finding a cool item and then, you know, I I really like this item. Do I have any mods for it? And then, you know, mod it up and make it even more cool. So I'm really into that aspect as well. One thing I really like and sort of dislike at the same time is sort of the inventory management system. I don't know how it works with multiplayer, but when you click the inventory key for single player, it'll pause the game. And then that's pretty cool because you can put it sort of in any of eight inventory slots once you've unlocked them all. They unlock by level, so, you know, you'll only start with, like, I think three 
So you can basically have, you know, eight equipped things at any given time and swap it out, you know, even in the middle of combat with either other things that are equipped there or, you know, anything in your inventory. But you have to hold down the mouse button and then move a direction. You know, there's nine spots. One is taken up by your fists, which you can never change. So that's kind of a fast yet slow way to change weapons. You can mouse wheel, but mouse wheeling through nine things doesn't seem any faster. It seems kind of slower in some ways. So my gripe with this system is I would really like a sort of previous weapon button. Because a lot of times I'll get in a fight and I'll have my main weapon equipped. And then I'll want to switch to a gun and then switch right back to my main weapon. If I have to hold down the middle mouse button, move the mouse over to equip the gun, fire a couple shots, hold mouse button, move my mouse over, you know, to switch back. It seems kind of like a big pain in the butt. It seems like, you know, why couldn't they have, I don't know, um, Q? Although I changed that to be something else. But let's say Q. You know, why couldn't I just, you know, hit the mouse button to switch over to my gun and then hit Q to switch back? I, I don't understand. Like I said, I am kind of on the fence about that one because it does sort of make this delay in, you know, which weapon you're going to pull out. So if you're in a sort of bad situation, like... You got three or four guys on top of you, and you're trying to switch. It does add this sort of extra level of excitement because, you know, you got to watch out, you got to dodge, which means you got to move your mouse, but you're trying to hold the button down and move your mouse to switch weapons. So it does sort of add this tense moment of can I switch safely, or am I just going to get mauled and then I'm going to be in a worse position because I'm trying to change weapons? So I do kind of like that strategic element. But like I said, you know, it would be really nice to at least have one, you know, last weapon swap quick key. That would be really nice. Because a lot of times I will just switch away from one sort of main weapon to something else and then switch right back. It just seems kind of like a, a pain in the butt. The inventory in terms of what it reports for weapons is also a little bit better. It now only has three stats. One is DPS. One is... Force, which is sort of the physical knockback slash stamina damage, and then durability, which seems quite a lot easier to figure out, you know, how much damage it's going to do because you have that DPS figure. Whereas before, it was just sort of an X to Y damage, and you really didn't know if that was better or worse than what other weapon you had because there are still invisible stats. Like, it doesn't report reach. It doesn't report endurance use. And... Most importantly for this, it didn't previously report DPS. It doesn't report speed. So, you know, that, you know, you could figure out DPS if you have speed and damage. But previously you had, you know, nothing to go by. Now at least you have DPS. You still don't know if it's a slow or fast weapon. You have to pretty much equip it and try it out or, you know, be familiar with that type of weapon. The thing that I don't understand is they don't mark one or two-handed items as well. So I guess they kind of assume everybody will learn, you know, what their favorite weapons are and which are not. And so, you know, something that's not a player will probably, you know, not try out in the middle of combat. They'll probably do it, you know, somewhere safe. And then they can find out, oh, this is two-handed. I don't like two-handed. They're too slow. And, you know, then they can quickly figure that out. The little details are kind of why I'm so addicted to the game. 
Like one big thing I kind of didn't talk about last time was there's an endurance system. So when you swing weapons, it takes you know a certain amount of endurance. Heavier two-handed weapons, I think, take quite a bit more endurance. If you run somewhere, you'll use up endurance. So there's this really fine balance between how much endurance you have, how much you're using, and what kind of fight you're in. So like very often, if I'm in a fight where there's three zombies attacking me, I'll probably knock one or two down with kicks, and then sort of back up a little bit and hit the other ones in the head, and then run back over and kick the guy to knock him back over and catch my breath and then go back to the other two. So it gets into this really cool sort of stamina management and not being too close to too many bad guys because pretty much if there are three or more, they'll kill you really quickly. So while not entirely a stealth game because there's no way to sort of sneak around the zombies, there is sort of a management of resources and how close you want to get to this group to, you know, just sort of alert a couple of them and sort of pull them out from the main group and managing your stamina. It's all very cool and fun, and I like it. And it makes for sort of very movie-like encounters or TV show kind of encounters where, you know, you'll run up and knock one zombie over and kill the other one really fast and then go back to the one you knocked over. Stuff like that. So I think because of that subtle sort of resource management I think it makes the game a lot more interesting than it otherwise would be. So I guess that's all of my rambling so far. Like I said, I've only played like five hours. But I would say, you know, for all of the reasons I just listed, it is a decent amount better than Dead Island. But if you have, you know, the spare 15 to 20 hours, you want to get sort of the full story and, you know, the total immersion in terms of who these characters are, definitely play Dead Island first. Like I said, I got this on Steam sale, you know, both combined. I don't know if they're going to do that, you know, after the summer sales are over. But if they don't, I would say you probably just want to go ahead and pick up Dead Island Riptide because there are those improvements and it is a nicer experience, I think. And plus, you know, it's the more recent of the two games. If you have any friends playing slightly older games, this would probably be the one they're playing. So if you are into that kind of game, you might want to check it out. So just some very quick sort of final thoughts for Dead Island now that i finished it. Like I said, I think I probably played somewhere close to about 30 hours. It's kind of hard to tell because, you know, Steam doesn't keep track of your time unless you're, you know, online, which most of the time I'm not. I would say I really liked it. Again, it's kind of like Borderlands, but, you know, with zombie and horror. There wasn't quite as much gunplay as I would have liked. There is the potential for quite a bit more Dead Island Riptide looks a little bit more evenly split, at least in terms of potential. The guns didn't even come into Dead Island until I was probably two-thirds of the way done with the whole game before I really started seeing guns anything close to frequently, and then, you know, you still have an ammo issue. You're always pretty much running out. 
But I would say, of all of the good things and all of the bad things it has, both technically and, you know, things like missing stats on items or, you know, things like the character descriptions not really explaining who the characters are and you'll have to get in game and figure that out and then, you know, start a new character. Counting all of that kind of stuff, I would say I would rate Dead Island as a 4 out of 5 or probably like 85% because it's a pretty solid game. It's a ton of fun, probably even more so if you have friends. I didn't check out the online component because like I said, you know, pretty much I have to play this stuff offline by myself, which it worked out, you know, just fine aside from the NPCs always talking to me as a group, which, you know, again, is a little bit weird, but that's, you know, pretty much minor gripe. But I would say if you like, you know, Borderlands-style games, and you like zombie-killing kind of games, you should definitely pick up Dead Island, and probably also Dead Island Riptide, even though I'm only, like, five hours in. Looks to be more of the same, but, you know, improved. So I would highly recommend them, and if you do like them, definitely keep your eye out for Dying Light, coming in February. News is basically same as before. Dawn of Planet of the Apes is due out on the 11th. And Jupiter Ascending is due out a week later on July 18th. And that's it for the news. It's getting kind of hard to believe things are going to get better. I've been drowning too long to believe that the tide's going to turn. I've been living too hard to believe things are going to get easier now. I'm still trying to shake off the pain from the lessons I've learned. So that's it for this week's Rabbit Ramblings podcast. I went to a live Hearthstone tournament thing last weekend, and I posted a video for that. So if you're interested in that, you might want to check it out. On my YouTube page will be my first officially made video coverage. I've covered events before, but, you know, I didn't have the software to officially make it into, like, a for real video. It was just me posting, you know, random bits of footage. This is, you know, actual video. I think it's okay. It It's kind of tough to cover those sort of events because there really isn't you know, a whole lot going on at the event. And if there's, you know, not a whole lot going on, there's only so much you can do to make it look exciting or interesting. You know, the only other thing I could have done was make it a lot shorter, a lot faster cuts, and sort of hype it up quite a bit. But then, you know, anybody who isn't familiar with the event or familiar with the game would just kind of be confused by that kind of video because it would just be so fast and so sort of all over the place that looks nice visually and it's got really good pacing. But, you know, somebody who's not familiar with it would be very confused. So, you know, it's got a slower sort of documentary in the wilds kind of style to it. It's okay. Um, Hopefully, 
and I'll be able to practice with other things and get better at that style. Mostly just been playing Dead Island and now Dead Island Riptide lately. I tried to play Wildstar briefly, but I I don't know. It's okay. I, I do like it. It's a good MMO. But I don't I don't know. Playing an MMO by myself, especially on a network that's unstable, so I can't have any kind of, you know, regular playtime or regular schedule. Just really kind of makes it difficult to stay interested. Because it is a cool story, it is a fun story, but doing stuff by myself is kind of sad and lonely. And knowing there's a bunch of content out there I can't see because I have an unstable network, it's like, you know, I, I question why I'm still playing because it's like a lot of the stuff I want to do, I either can't do because I don't have friends or a guild, or I can't do because, you know, I, I don't have a stable network. So, I don't know. I'll, I'll probably keep the subscription through... This month, at least. But from August on, I, I don't know. I might stay with it. I might not. I probably won't. Because, you know, like I said, it's, it's unstable. And a lot of the content I just can't do. And by then, I'll, I'll probably be max level anyways. So the only stuff left would be the stuff I can't do. I will keep everybody you know up to date on that, I'm sure. The network at the coffee shop is a little better now that it's summer. And, you know, a lot of the students aren't there. So I have been able to go back to playing some of my Hearthstone games in the morning fairly regularly. So I'm getting to do that. That's pretty fun. Got to play a few games of Heroes the other day. That was pretty cool. So I'll probably, you know, try and do those more regularly now that bandwidth is a little bit better. But again, you know, it's really kind of just terrible overall. Today, I think by about 10 in the morning, it was bad enough. I didn't want to risk playing. I saw somebody next to me playing Hearthstone around like noon or one, and I saw him, you know, getting dropped and knocked offline. So I'm like, yeah, the network's really terrible here. You probably don't want to do that. So I don't know. I, I don't know how much playing I'll be able to do there, which is very sad because that was, you know, the place I was gaming from pretty much. And it was, you know, one of the deciding factors behind, you know, getting PlayStation 4 because. I had a solid place I could play from. But I'm having so much fun with Dead Island Riptide. So that's cool. I got that going for me now. So I'm happy for the moment. And I'll keep people informed on, you know, what's going on and if I pick up anything else. But hopefully everybody out there is having an okay time. And not having a sad time like me. And hopefully I'll see everybody next time. Okay, thanks, bye. not here. It's just a bad dream. Oh, I agree completely. Why, we'll wake up any minute to harbor and have a laugh about all this. Dead Island Riptide's character creation and a good side note uh, if it affects you I don't know if it will or not but that will that was a big sore point with me with the first game 
was because NPCs would always you know, last weapon swap, quick key. That would be really nice. Because a lot of kind of... Uh, one is force, which is sort of the physical slash physical not bad. No, no. But that's, you know, pretty much minor gripe. But I sway. I would sway. Hey, I swallow your soul. I swallow your soul. I swallow your soul. <laughs> swallow this. You have been listening to Rabbit's Ramblings. If you would like to see the show notes or feed the bunny by sending a donation, you can find the show website at www.rabbit.com slash podcast slash rabbits ramblings dot html. When you type rabbits ramblings, don't use the space. If you would like to send me an email, you can do so at rabbit at rabbit dot com. If you like my page, you can also post on Facebook at rabbit.com. You can follow me on YouTube at rabbitdot.com. Be sure to put the number one in place of I anytime you type rabbit. Rabbit's Ramblings is copyright 2014 and is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike license. <laughs>